Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Eating for Energy and Weight Loss with Rita Haddad. I'm your host, Rita, and today I want to share with you three toxic myths that the diet and nutrition industry want you to believe. I don't know about you all, but I've definitely devoted years of my life and mental real estate to hours at the gym, running outdoors, and on tons and tons of apps such as Spark People and MyFitnessPal just to drop into my quote-unquote ideal weight range. How many of you can agree with me? Silently raise your hands. Have I been successful? Sure, at times I have been. There's been some weight loss, but there's also been some weight gain. There have been times, though, when I felt hungry, irritable, and exhausted, all without losing a single pound. And sometimes I've even gained weight, which has been very devastating. I bet you can relate on some level to my experience. It wasn't until just a few years ago that I realized I had it all wrong. I have a new approach to thinking about food, my body, and especially my weight that has truly helped me to just feel good in the skin that I'm in. And I want to use this platform as a means to share that approach with you because I believe that every person on this planet is truly deserving of feeling good about themselves regardless of the way they they look. And so I'm here to debunk the myths that the diet and fitness and nutrition industries are pouring on us through social media, through commercials, through television, through products, through resources, through websites and blogs. You never really know truly who you can trust. You have to feel what resonates with you and ask yourself, does this make sense? Is it too good to be true? And I'm here to help be a guide or a light in that way when it comes to healing your body and recovering your sense of self around food, body, and weight, healing the relationship to food, um, feeling good in your skin, and addressing the eating conditions that you have that are no longer working for you. So enough of me rambling. Let me get on with it. Sometimes struggling with food, body, and weight is as simple as you are coming to the table feeling stressed out, Maybe you weigh yourself daily, you get really down on yourself for eating too many quote-unquote bad foods. I don't believe there are any bad foods. That's my approach. Um, Whatever the case may be, you no longer need to feel trapped inside of your own body. As you continue to evolve and grow, so too will your relationship with your food, body, and weight continue to evolve and grow. But the first trick here is to approach dieting differently, to shift perspective, and to change the way you approach food. You too can feel amazing in the skin you're in at any size and in any condition if you're willing to tune out what the diet and nutrition industry is pushing upon you. So today I'm going to start helping you get there by sharing with you three toxic myths that the diet industry wants you to believe. And I'm going to bust these myths with straight up science. Straight up science, guys. Hear me out. Believing in these myths is problematic because they will hold you back from taking the right actions to reclaim your health. 
In my personalized work with clients and through working on myself, I've seen break, breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough when people begin to transform what they think and believe about dieting and their approach to eating. What I always say is how you eat is far more important for your health than what you eat. In my approach, you can continue to eat all the foods that you love without restricting or calorie counting or dieting or any such thing that involves not eating the foods you love. You want chocolate cake? Eat the chocolate cake. You like to snack on candy? You can have candy. If you apply the principles that I'm sharing here in this Eating for Energy and Weight Loss podcast. So, The first toxic myth that I want to share with you is a common one and it is extremely outdated. Toxic myth number one, the only way to lose weight is to calculate calories in versus calories out. This is incredibly outdated view of health and weight loss. The diet and fitness industries want you to continue under eating and over exercising and they want you to continue believing that these are solutions for weight, but they are not. The more you buy into the mentality that if I eat these certain foods, if I undereat, if I substitute with one of these healthy meal substitute shakes or one of these protein shakes, maybe I'll lose a little bit of weight. Maybe I'll feel a little bit better. Well, guess what? They've got your money in their pocket and your weight's not budging and you're probably feeling tired and hungry and irritable and foggy and lethargic and unmotivated all the time because you're not getting the proper nutrition you need. But hey, somebody's making money, so why change? Their system is working for them. Why change their approach? Well, guess what? When you restrict calories, your body believes that it's starving. And what happens when you're starving? Well, because the body was beautifully and divinely designed, it it creates a system where It reserves its resources in order to store fat because, hey, I'm starving. I have no idea when and where my next meal is coming. I need to hold on to everything I have so that if I have to go a long stretch of time without any food, I have enough fat that I can prolong my life. Well, guess what? That's exactly what happens when you starve yourself on a weight loss diet. Your body believes it's starving. It will hold on to fat and it will store fat more than if you're not dieting. Yep, it's true everyone, it's true. You need to believe this. So your body will hold on to fat. It will also preserve its resources. So for example, any bodily functions that feel unnecessary for living will shut down. So for example, if you're not getting a whole lot of food, then your body will say, digestion is not totally necessary right now because I'm not really receiving any food. So I'm going to slow digestion down. So then what happens when you actually do eat? Well, it takes you forever to digest your food. It sits in your stomach for a long time, creating a prolonged sense of fullness. Sometimes depending on how your food is combined, whether you eat fruit or raw vegetables with certain other meals like heavy meats that take a little longer to digest, well, guess what happens? Things start to ferment in your gut. It creates gas. It creates bloating. It creates stomach problems. 
It creates brain fog, it creates lethargy, it creates food coma symptoms because it's all sitting heavily in your stomach. This then pushes your meal times because you feel like, well, I'm not too hungry, I'll just have a little snack because my stomach still feels full. So then it pushes your meal times, so then it messes basically with all of your biological rhythms. In addition to that, as you're digesting your food, guess what's happening? Your body is holding on to everything and turning it into fat and storing it because again, it doesn't know when and where the next meal will come from. So this is totally counterintuitive and contrary to the weight loss system. But the weight loss and diet industries will have you believe that this is the way to go because this will keep you locked in to buying into their products and into their systems. They will have you buying their books. They will have you buying their programs. They will have you buying their shakes and their meal replacements and their kitchen gadgets all to keep you making money in their pocket at the cost of your life and your health and your emotional stability. Because as a person who has struggled with weight and body her whole life, I know what it is that you're feeling if you are experiencing the same things along any lines that I've experienced, which is your emotions are deeply tied into how you look. It's not just about how you feel. It's about, I'm a failure because I don't look like that skinny model on the magazine or, you know, there's something wrong with me because I can't lose those last 15 pounds or my husband finds me undesirable or whatever the case may be, your emotions are deeply tied into this whole mentality. So calories in versus calories out, we know that this is a trap. It actually leads to weight gating and it triggers a surplus of storage of fats that shuts down essential processes like nutrient absorption and digestion. Okay, couple this with over-exercise and you're bound to feel fatigued and irritable and frustrated that you're not toning up or losing weight. How can your muscles say, yes, take this nutrition and use it to build nice, toned, lean, healthy muscles when it's instead saying, I'm not getting enough and I need to live. Muscles will not be getting toned anytime soon. It's a trap that keeps you chasing one diet after another, and it leads to, as I've already mentioned, best-selling books, increasing gym membership fees, and keeps you believing that you're doing something wrong. There's a real failure mentality tapped in with this toxic myth. Okay, myth number two. It's okay to have cheat days or to quote-unquote fall off the wagon when you're in a diet. The truth is, you should be allowed to eat whatever makes you feel good, anytime, and without guilt. I know. Did your mind just explode? (laughs) I'm here to rewrite everything you ever thought about eating and weight loss. Food is neither inherently good or bad. You can label foods by how they make you feel physically or emotionally, but that doesn't make them good or bad. Having a cheat day or quote-unquote falling off the wagon implies a couple of things. It implies that one, you've done something wrong, which will elicit feelings of guilt and shame and lead to downward negative spirals. And two, it sends the message that desirable foods are not to be enjoyed. 
So for example, if desirable foods are, I will always go back to my um, (laughs) famous examples of chocolate cake, candy, cheesecake, pizza, ice cream. Those are some of my favorites. If you label those foods as bad, then you will not find pleasure when you eat them. When you're not having pleasure when you eat them, then your body is seeing them as invaders and your body is responding as it would respond to an invader, which is push it all out. Rather than taking the good from what it can, taking the protein from the eggs, taking the essential fatty acids from the butter or the whole milk or the cream, um, taking the phytonutrients from the cocoa that's used in the chocolate, rather than taking the good, your body is going to treat these foods as invaders and it's going to create inflammation and it's going to push everything out. It's not going to take any of the good nutrients. It's going to push everything out and it's going to respond with a stress response, which in itself can damage your body and can continue to damage any efforts you have at losing weight, healing, or getting healthy. When you eat with the mentality that you have to schedule cheat days or that you quote-unquote fell off the wagon if you quote-unquote ate the wrong foods, you're living essentially in a way that's constantly punishing yourself You might overwork at the gym, you might restrict calories, you might um, punish yourself in some other way because you've been a bad girl or you've been a bad boy, you're naughty for eating the wrong foods because you had two cheat days or because you didn't stick to the diet or because you didn't have the willpower that you needed to stay on the wagon and to follow through with the plan that you set forth for yourself. What happens is this creates a system where you stop eating the foods that you love. When you stop eating the foods that you love, you stop inviting pleasure into your life. You have a sense of a loss of pleasure in all areas. You essentially become a big grump. You've become a big grump. You have trouble finding joy in things, even the little things, even like watching children play, feeling the breeze on your face, being thankful for clean air. Things like that no longer bring you joy. Uh, And it becomes a system where you're just constantly hyper-focused on how bad you are, how naughty you are. You elicit a sense of shame and a sense of of guilt. And you truly get trapped in a failure mentality. My system is designed to teach you to not look at scheduling cheat days, but to rather look at what foods feel good to me when I eat them and what foods don't make me feel good when I eat them. If you've heard of or read my books, Eating for Energy and Weight Loss, then you've probably seen my food and symptom tracking journal, which is a 30-day journal that's designed specifically for this step. This 30-day journal is an opportunity for you to look at all of the foods that you're eating And to make a note in the journal about how each food is making you feel. So for example, if I'm eating a turkey burger for lunch and then I'm feeling really lethargic and unmotivated to finish out my work day after I've had that turkey burger, I'm going to write down in the journal all the components of the turkey burger. The bread, what's on the bread, sesame seeds are on the bread. The patty, did I have lettuce? Did I have tomato? Did I have ketchup or mustard? Did I have pickles or onions? Any components. Did I have French fries with it? I'm going to write down all of those components 
And I'm going to go about my day, but I'm going to write down how they're making me feel. Okay, I feel lethargic. I feel unmotivated to finish my day. I feel like I really just want to kind of hit the couch and watch some Netflix and just take the rest of the day off until I feel out of this funky mood. Well, what happens is then I'm going to watch for the next time that I have those feelings and I'm going to look back into that journal and I'm going to say, oh, okay, well, the last time I had... um, bread from this particular restaurant was when I ate that turkey burger and I felt a lot of these same ways. So maybe there's something in the buns that this restaurant is using that's causing me to feel this way. I'm going to try eating other breads and see if I feel the same way. You do a little experiment on yourself and you recognize what feels good to you and what doesn't feel good to you. When I start my day with a fresh juice, I always feel better. If I don't have anything to juice, I start my day with a smoothie and I find that I feel better. I have more energy. I have more positive outlook. I'm kinder to myself. I'm kinder to my children. I'm more positive in general about my day and about myself and about my life. I'm able to pull out the good things and all of the little things that happen throughout my day. Whereas normally I would find myself tail tail spinning If I had, let's say, cereal for breakfast or a strudel or a a scone, even if it was a homemade scone, right? Even if I, I love to make scones. They're so easy to make. Even if I had a homemade scone for breakfast and it's been, let's say, two plus days since I've had a juice or a smoothie to start my day, I literally tailspin. I find myself feeling grumpy and negative. I find myself feeling tired and lethargic. I just want to hit the couch all day. I find myself being really short-tempered with my kids. And I don't like feeling those ways. And I don't like myself when I feel those ways. So it's up to you to let go of having cheat days, let go of the mentality that you fell off the wagon, quote unquote, and discover what foods feel good to you, what foods don't make you feel good, and incorporate more of the foods that do make you feel good. And when you do that, you not only feel better about yourself, but you're more likely to invite pleasure into your life through other means. So our relationship to food mirrors our relationship to life. And when you're eating foods that feel good to you, you're inviting things into your life that feel good to you. Another mind explosion, right? Who would have thought? But it's totally true. Create an experiment for yourself Watch yourself for a week or two and see if what I'm saying resonates with you. It has resonated with so many people that I've worked with. I know it will resonate with you if you're just willing to give it a try. Okay, are you ready? Myth number three. You just haven't found the right diet for your body yet. Yeah, you know what? That's not true. End of sentence. There is nothing true about that, period. There is no one-size-fits-all diet. What ends up happening is some person finds success, transforms their body, loses a bunch of weight. We don't truly know how this happens, but they say, hey, it was because of this diet, or it was because of this workout, or it was because of this program, or it was because of this kitchen gadget, or it was because I ate all of these foods, or I didn't eat all of these foods, and look at me, and look at how good I look, and you too can be successful in life if you look like me, if you read this book, or try these foods, or eat this way, or work out in this fashion. Well, guess what? It is not sustainable. It is also another money-making generator. 
One person finds success, writes a book, goes on the radio, goes on these talk shows, gets all over your social media feeds, and they want you to believe that because it worked for them, it too can work for you. And in some small cases, or I should say in few cases, maybe it will work for some people. Definitely not for everybody. Every person's body is designed differently. What we all need is personal to our own body and our own lifestyle. What works for one person definitely may not work for another person. And that has to be honored in each individual. 80 to 90% of people who lose a significant amount of weight, meaning 50 to 100 pounds or more, gain it back and more within a year to a year and a half. What does that tell you? Very, very few people who lose weight, whether through the aid of weight loss surgery or other means, very few of those people actually sustainably keep the weight off. And let me tell you something, they work really hard to keep that weight off because it is not natural to calorie restrict or to restrict foods or, and by restricting foods, I really mean restricting nutrients by not eating certain foods. For example, the chocolate cake and the pizza that I love so much. Um, it's not natural to be able to restrict those foods and to still be able to sustain overall good health without working really, really hard and using a whole bunch of supplements. So if you're like me and supplements aren't your thing and you want to be able to get everything that your body needs by eating because, hey, you're eating anyway, you don't have to do any extra work, then you need to drop this mentality. Diets are like magic pills, right? So they're like quick fixes. They have you believe that, hey, if I just eat vegan for a week, I'll, I'll begin to lose weight and then I can pick up with my weight training and my work on the elliptical or my treadmill and I can continue to lose weight at a regular pace, right? But I just need that kickstart. Well, no, that's not what's going to happen unless eating vegan is something that your body needs because something that you're eating that's not vegan is creating an inflammatory response. Then eating vegan will have you losing a bunch of weight. Yes, in that case, that's true. But then there's something else deeper that's going on and it no longer is about the weight loss and it becomes about the healing. What's happening in my body that needs healing? Why is my body creating all of this inflammation around these foods that when I stopped eating these foods for a week, I was able to lose a significant amount of weight? Do you see how it's all transforming? Do you see how it's about shifting your perspective? It's about getting to the root of why you're having the eating troubles you're having. Why are you having emotional eating? Why are you struggling with weight loss and you're obsessing about the number on the scale? Why are you finding yourself binging at the end of a long day? What's at the root of these eating behaviors? Why, as I mentioned before, why are you having an inflammatory response to a food that maybe contains dairy or some other type of animal product? What are you holding on to that's not allowing you to lose the weight you need to lose or you want to lose? I've mentioned before and I'll mention again because it is so, so, so important. I cannot stress this enough. How you eat is more important than what you eat, at least in the beginning. 
when you're trying to shift your perspective, when you're trying to elicit some type of weight loss, when you want to heal on a cellular level, you want to reduce inflammation in your body, then how you approach food every time food passes your lips will by far give you better results than what you're eating, than restricting what you're eating, than monitoring what you're eating, than tracking what you're eating on some app that's going to break it all down into micro and macronutrients. How you approach food. Do you eat too fast? Are you eating under a stress response? Maybe have you not taken a deep breath at all today? And is that something your body needs to help aid in digestion? That's all going to help you far more than deciding that you need to try another diet because the last six that you've tried haven't worked and you're feeling like a failure. Everything from weight loss, healing, elimination, how your skin looks and feels, nutrient absorption, natural abundance of energy that's not elicited by caffeine or energy sustaining drinks. These all can happen by how you approach food, body, and weight, and by getting out of the diet mentality. As I mentioned before, it's a very personal approach to health and nutrition. It's a personal approach to healing. There is no one size fits all in this approach. What is keeping you stuck? What is keeping you obsessed with food, body image, and dieting? You resolve this by not clinging to the next fad diet, doing some inner work and discovering what feels good to you, what works for you, and what doesn't work for you, and then realizing that you love yourself enough, you are worthy and deserving of love simply because you exist as a human, and therefore you deserve to feel good. And by feeling good, you need to not eat the foods that don't feel good to you. And that in itself should be enough to make you Get off this diet bandwagon, stop obsessing about your weight, stop obsessing about the number on the scale, and it will allow your body to let go of any excess weight that it's holding on to because it can begin to relax and it begin, can begin to realize, ah, I can just live and I don't need this protection anymore. And it can let go of the excess weight and you will reach your natural weight set point for that moment in time. Your natural weight set point will always be changing depending on what your body needs. When you approach food differently by eating more slowly, paying attention to your meal, chewing more thoroughly, you will increase your metabolism, you will have better nutrient absorption, and you will have a surplus of natural energy without caffeine or energy drinks. Say goodbye to that 3 p.m. slump, say goodbye to that food coma, and say hello to your new life. Okay, so that's the end of my three myths for today. I hope that you've found some value in what I've had to say, and I hope that you will tune back in next Thursday for another episode of Eating for Energy and Weight Loss with your host, Rita Haddad.